Thank you for tuning into A Spirit-Led Life with HMI. We hope you enjoyed today's session with Pastor Dion Hockey. Hello everybody, welcome to today's program. My name is Dion Hockey from Healing Ministries International. I'm so glad today to be able to share the Word of God with you. I have a great message that I believe is going to bless you and help you and encourage you. You know, the Lord has been speaking to me. Um, We can see that there is a drop in the curve of the coronavirus. Uh, Things are looking up. Things are looking better. Uh, uh, I think that the lockdown and, uh, you know, the state of the country of South Africa is just improving. We can see that. And I'm very excited because this is telling me that God is preparing us for a mighty move we have been in lockdown Um, god has been speaking to many people a lot of preaching on the internet a lot of teaching on the internet um, a lot of words of encouragement and i just felt that the lord spoke to me as you can see behind me uh, on the tv i have a big word written out revival personal revival and i think that when we when we get released and when this lockdown period is completely over that you and I should be so revived and so fired up that we should get out there and we should preach Jesus to as many people as we can because we know that this has just been a a taste of the future of things that are going to come. So there is this urgency in my spirit, an urgency in my heart that we need to get as many people saved as we can. But you won't get people saved and you won't be able to go and do out the, uh, go and do the things of God, you know, go out and do the things that God has called us to do if you are not revived yourself. And this is what I want to talk about. I'm going to speak this session and next week I'll speak again uh, because it's going to be a two-day session, even maybe three, I don't know. I want to teach you on how can you as the viewer, as a born-again Christian, be revived again. And then I want to speak on at another time on how can we have a corporate revival. You know, I've been preaching, my wife and I have been traveling uh, the world, preaching uh, uh, in so many different countries and, and churches, and this is my job. God has called me to bring revival into churches. And we have seen uh, great moves of God's Spirit. We've seen people being revived. We've seen people who have been down and out, uh, struggling, who want to commit suicide, who've given up on, on life, who have no hope. All of a sudden, their lives have changed, and uh, God has refired them. God has put a, 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 a urgency inside of them to go out and to work for Jesus. So I want to bring this across to you. I'm not in a church now, but I'm speaking to the church, and I'm speaking to hundreds of thousands of people who are watching this, whether you are in Africa or whether you are in America or you're in Europe, in England or wherever you might be. As a Christian, we find ourselves many times that we were up, we were excited about God, and then comes that dip. We all go through a dip, and that is when we need to be revived again. Let me explain to you what the word revival means. Because, uh, uh, you know, it's a word that so many people speak of. We have people who call their churches revival church, you know, and, and uh, there's revival movements and all of these things. But I think that many people don't understand what is the purpose of revival. I've preached in churches, honestly, where I've gone to and I said, we're going to have revival. And they said, well, why do we want a revival? W- what is revival? What's the purpose of revival? Some people think going to church, uh, you know, um, that's good enough. No, going to church is, is, is needed, but the church needs to go 
further than just going to church. We have to understand that we need to go out and we need to go and win souls for Jesus. So let me explain to you. I looked up in the Oxford Dictionary and the Oxford Dictionary explains the word revival as the following. It is a reawakening of a religious zeal or fervor. Number two, it says this. It is a new production of an old play. I like that one. You know, I grew up um, uh, as a young boy and many, many years ago, I think I was in primary school. Uh, the, the first movie that came out, and we're talking about movies now, but was the movie called King Kong. And King Kong back then was an old-time movie, you know. Um, uh, for us, I mean, golly, I was just a kid, and you see King Kong, that big old monkey, you know, that big gorilla that comes out and, and does all these things. And it was really a scary movie back then when I watched it, but it was an awesome movie. You know, I enjoyed that movie as a kid. And then when I went to high school, they did a new production of the movie King Kong. So it's a new production of the old play. And it was so much better. The second one that I saw uh, compared to the first one that I saw, it was a far better one. And then later on again, they brought a third edition of King Kong and then a fourth one. The fourth one, the latest one that was released, that was a powerful um, uh, 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 production of King Kong because of the technology that has changed and things that had improved, you know, and uh, it looked far more realistic. It was so much more cooler to see this last King Kong that was made because of, the, of, of how technology has improved. So when we talk about revival, we talk about a reawakening of a religious zeal or fervor. In other words, you and I were dead in sin. We were sinners. We were going to go to hell, right? All of us. We, we didn't know God. We, we lived in the world. We, we did the things of the world. And then we got saved. And when we got saved, our spirit man became alive, all right, so we were vived. We were dead, and God vived us. He made us alive. We got born uh, in our spirit, man. We gave our hearts to Jesus, if you're following what I'm saying. And that is everybody's first initial experience to get born again. But then something happens as time goes on. And you go to church, and I think a lot of you who are watching me right now will know what I'm saying because I see this in all the churches that I go. Um, you know, take my life for instance. When I got saved, I couldn't stop praying. I couldn't stop reading my Bible. I couldn't stop worshiping Jesus. I couldn't um, uh, wait to get to a church service. I couldn't. Uh, wait for a for a Bible study. I couldn't wait for anything. If it was Jesus and church, I was there first. You know, uh, if we were singing in church, I would lift my hands and praise Jesus. And when the worship stopped, I was thinking, oh, why are we stopping? Couldn't we just sing one more song? Couldn't we do something more extra, you know? Uh, or when the pastor was preaching and the word was so fresh and I took the word in and, you know, I enjoyed the word. And then when he came to the end of his sermon, I would say, come on, pastor, preach 10 more minutes please. We're so hungry for the word. You know what I'm talking about. You had that same experience. But then as time goes on, guess what happens? We become church accustomed. We, we learn the, the lingo, the phrases. We know when to say amen. We know when to clap hands. You know, we know when to shout. We do this because it becomes, don't misunderstand me, but it becomes a tradition. We are familiar with the ways of church. 
the, you know, we, we shout amen. But that amen I'm shouting now did not have the same uh, impact that it had when I just got saved and when the word was so fresh and when everything was so exciting. You, you know what I mean? It was, it was uh, you know, yeah, preach that pastor. But now it's, oh, that's great, pastor. Well done. Yeah, amen. That's a good message. You know, it doesn't have that same meaning. So we become familiar with God. We become familiar with the church. We become familiar with the signs, wonders, and miracles. We, we become familiar with the prophetic. We become familiar with the different types of teachings that we get. And when we get into that position, guess what happens? We begin to backslide. How do we begin to backslide? We lose interest in our prayer. You know, well, I've been a Christian for so many years and, you know, God knows my heart and He knows that I know Him and He knows that I know the Word and so I'm not going to pray like I used to pray when I just got saved. I'm not going to spend the time with God like I did when I just got saved. God understands my situation. God knows how I feel and God knows what I'm going through. You know, uh, it's not the same as it was when I just got saved. I am born again. I am good with God. And when you have those thoughts, that's when you need to be revived. You've grown cold in your relationship with God. When I got born again, guess what? I was hitting the streets, man. I was evangelizing. I was telling people. And when I say evangelize, not a pulpit, not a stage, not in a church. I was in the streets. I Anybody I found, I would tell them, Yo, do you know what happened to me? I received Jesus. Jesus changed me. Jesus healed me. You know, And I would lead people to the Lord. And I would pray for anybody I would see. I had such a zeal, such a burning passion inside of me to bring this good news to other people but you know what happens to people who are now familiar with God and they well you know God bless that guy he's on fire for Jesus he's doing a good work you know I'll just give him some money let him continue to do it and I myself as a Christian have lost the passion to witness for Jesus. I've lost the passion to pray. It's a lot easier to watch a TV program than to spend time with God in prayer. It's a lot easier, you know, just to sleep later than to get up early and worship Jesus. You know, we have 110,000 excuses. And that's when we begin to backslide. And friend, to speak to a backslidden Christian is a very hard thing because a Christian who's backslidden knows it all. Have you ever spoken to somebody and you see sin in their life and you go to them and you tell them, listen, my friend, there's something wrong. And they say, listen, don't preach me. Don't, don't preach to me. Don't judge me. I know what I'm doing is okay. God understands. God knows. And when people speak like that, you know that they have already backslidden. And I'll prove it to you from the scriptures what I'm going to read to you. But I want to speak about revival. We need to be revived. What is the purpose for revival? So that we can come back to our first love. And what is our first love? To spend time with the Lord and to tell the world about Jesus. That's the first love right there. You can't get any better than that. And so I want to explain to you that how do we, uh, I want to teach you, how do you come back to that first love? How, do you, how can you receive a revival? And I, how can we be revived?
A lot of people think, well, the church needs revival. You know, a lot of people say, oh, man, my church is so dead, you know. Uh, if somebody died, you know, and they found the ambulance to bring somebody out, they're going to carry 10 dead people out before they get to the right dead person. You know, that's how dead the church is. <laughs> Just making a joke, you know what I mean. But uh, we need to get this. We, we, we need to understand, instead of judging other people and say, well, they need revival and our pastor needs revival and the church, we need to be revived because once we get revived, it's going to have an effect to the people around us, on the people around us. So you need to come to a decision. Am I backslidden? Have I lost my first love? Am I the same person I used to be when I got saved? And if I find no, no, no to all of those questions, my dear friend, you need revival. I don't care how much you know the Bible. I don't care how many certificates you have hanging on your wall and how many, you know, uh, 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 programs you've gone through and courses you've done and how much head knowledge you have. If you're not praying, if you're not reading, and I'm not talking about I have to pray, I have to read, I have to go to that. When anything that is a have to, uh, it's forced on you. You need to do something because you want to. You need to do something because you love God. It's the love, the passion of Jesus driving you to do something. Not because you were told to do it. You understand? When you got saved, when I got saved, nobody told me to go to church. Nobody told me to pay my tithe. Nobody told me to pray. Nobody told me to read my Bible. It was something that spontaneously took place inside of me. But when we grow cold in the Lord, guess what? We begin to backslide and that does not seem to be the number one priority in our lives anymore. Amen. So I want to teach you, how do we ignite personal revival? How do we get back to God and experience that first love? I hope you have a pen and paper there with you. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures. You know, 30 minutes is really not much time to teach, you know, a, a, a revival session with you. But we'll get to it as far as I can and we'll continue next week with it. So would you open your Bible in the book of Psalms 85 and we're going to read verse 6 and verse 7. And I'm constantly going to be in the New King James Version. Okay, so it's Psalms 85 verse 6 and 7. Now listen to what the psalmist says. And this is why I like reading it. It says, will you not revive us again? Golly, in the Bible, it speaks about revival. Won't you revive us again? Now, the question, why? Well, the answer is in the next sentence. That your people may rejoice in you. Hallelujah. I, I see this when we, you know, when you go and, 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 if I just go to a regular church service and the pastor says, listen, we're going to have a revival. We're going to have a prayer meeting. We're going to do something, you know, uh, to keep the fire going. You could see the faces of the people. There's just the sadness that comes upon them. Oh, man, another prayer meeting. Do we really have to? You know, do you want me to go to church like, like me. When I get invited to go to churches uh, and the pastor phones me up and he says to me, he says, uh, Brother Dion, we heard about you and we want to have a revival in our church. And, you know, we believe in God. And I said, oh, OK. Um, he said, well, can you come next week? And I said, oh, no, I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm, I'm booked up a year ahead of time. Uh, but I tell you what, um, I, I can make a booking for next year. But when I come, uh, you know what, uh, we'll do a Sunday 
and we'll do a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and a Friday. And then if God shows up, we might do uh, another week or maybe two weeks after that. And then you can hear the phone. You know, on the other side, the pastor is quiet. And I say, hello, pastor, are you there? He says, uh, yeah, I'm here. I said, uh, uh, is this okay? He said, no, I just wanted you come in, you know, just to preach a revival this Sunday in our church. I said, what, what do you want? Do you want another church service or do you want revival? No, I want revival, he says. Well, if you want revival, then we're going to have to dig in and work at it. And we're going to have to get busy with the things of God. No, but we only have a Sunday morning service. We don't even have Sunday night services anymore. Anyway, my people won't come to church, you know, if we had to go right through the whole week. You see what I mean? That's how people think. That's how people have backslidden. The church for them is just a Sunday morning one-hour service. Don't preach longer than two hours or one hour or 45 minutes, you know. The church has just so gone back. Now, he says here, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? The people have lost their joy in Jesus. The people want to go to church and be entertained. The people don't want to really know Jesus. They're not really interested in the power of God. They just want to go to church to know what program do you have for my kids and how long is the pastor going to preach because you know what, I'm a busy person and I want to go to church you know, just to ease my Christian conscience and, uh, and I, I don't want to be here longer than 10. You know, uh, If church starts at 9, I want to be out by 10 because you know what, I got a cricket game game and I got stuff to do and so I you know I don't want to I don't want to stay in church too long that's the problem that we're sitting with so what we want to do is God is saying uh, the 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 is saying will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you we need to get the joy of the Lord back in us why the joy of the Lord is our strength and if we can get the strength of God in us well guess what we're gonna see things happen if you in that place where you say, do I have to go to church? you backslidden. If you're sitting there and you say, do I really have to pray an hour? Well, my friend, if you're complaining about praying one hour, you know, and you struggle to go to church for one hour, you know, I, I'm sorry to say, well, what are you going to do when you get into heaven? <laughs> in heaven, we're going to be with Jesus forever. We're going to be in church forever. We're going to be in the Word forever. We're going to be with Christians forever. It's not going to be a time of stepping into the godly position, you know, having a, a relationship with God and then stepping out and then stepping into the world, you know, and, and going forth and back like that. You're going to be with God forever and ever and ever. And you need to prepare yourself down here on earth for what's going to happen in heaven one day. So I want to encourage you that the Bible says, Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Verse 7 says, Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. Grant us your salvation. Go with me to Psalm 119, and I'm going to read verse 9 to 11. Psalms 119, verse 9 to 11. I love this. Uh, this is such a powerful scripture. He says this, How can a young man cleanse his heart? How can a young man cleanse his way? How can a young man cleanse his way? He says, By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Verse 11 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you 
there is so much information and i actually skipped a verse i want you to go to psalm 51 psalm 51 verse 10 because i'm talking about how you can have a personal uh, revival how can you come back to that first love that you have with jesus okay psalm 51 verse 10 let's look at this this is king david everybody knows king david in the bible Bible says, God said that David was a man after his own heart. God loved King David. Think about this. But let's read this. What does King David say in verse 10? Psalm 51 verse 10. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Hello. Why would King David ask God for a clean heart? I tell you why. Because he had a dirty heart. How do I know that? Because he was watching a woman across his house uh, bathing and she was naked and he was lusting after her. It's as simple as that. And so he must have noticed. He said, oh man, I, I, I've got sin in my life and there's something wrong here and I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And so he's saying, God help me because I'm seeing in my life things that are wrong and create within me a clean heart again, God. How many times have you uh, watched something on TV or, or you've, you went down the street and your eyes began to wander and you're seeing something you shouldn't be watching or, or you begin to do things you're not doing and the Holy Spirit is there and He begins to bring conviction and He begins to draw you away from the, from the things of the world. He's drawing you close to Jesus. And many times we've just, because we've backslidden, we, we kind of push the, the Holy Spirit away and we push that conviction away because we want, you know, we saying, well, I, I'm a child of God and I've been so long with God. God understands all of these things. No, that's when we begin to backslide. And God is calling us. King David is saying, create in me a clean heart, O God. He's asking God to, to, to perform this work inside of him to stay close to God. He says, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Renew a steadfast. What does that mean, renew? It means make new again the steadfast spirit that I once had with you. You know, we, we as a kid, we used to play with a thing called a yo-yo. Who knows what a yo-yo is? It's that little round thing that was on a piece of string. And you would throw it down and then it would roll down. Then you'd pick it up on the string. You know, a yo-yo. And I say this, that many Christians have become yo-yo Christians. Or a seesaw. You know, the kids play in the park on a seesaw on that plank. And then the, the one sits on this side and one on that side. And then they bounce up and down like that. And when they bounce up and down like that, it's a seesaw Christian. So what is a yo-yo seesaw Christian? It means one day I'm up, one day I'm down. One day I'm up, one day I'm down. Is that you? Are you a yo-yo Christian? Are you up and down in your relationship with Jesus? Do you pray and then you don't pray? Do you read your word and you don't read your word? Is your, is your walk with God constant? Are you in a constant relationship with Jesus? Or is it just, it depends on what mood I woke up and I got out of bed. Have you noticed that? So many people, they have such a different uh, 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 moods. And, 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 and if, if things don't go their way, they get so angry. I'm so mad, I'm not even going to go to church. The pastor them in Greek, I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to read my Bible. I don't, I'm not in the mood to read my Bible. I'm rather just going to watch a movie and, and you know, I'm, just, I'm not going to spend time with God. And when you have that, my friend, you need revival. You're used to witness, but I'm not in the mood for witnessing. The pastor told me to go to church, but I'm not in the mood for going to church. 
And when we're in this state, we have backslidden and we need to be revived. I know I'm speaking to somebody who's watching me on TV. I know that you are, you're, you're crying out, you're desperate, you're saying, God, please, I, I sense there's something wrong inside of me. I know that my relationship with you is not right. Watch this. Create in me a clean heart of God and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Imagine that. King David saying, don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Did you know as a Christian, there are four basic principles that we have to follow to keep our relationship with God? Four basic things we have to do. Number one, how do I get in your presence? He says, do not cast me away from your presence. So how do I get into God's presence? Well, it's simple. Read the word. When I read the Bible, God speaks to me. I'm in His presence. Think about that. How do I get into God's presence? I pray. When I pray and I say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, guess what? You get in His presence. How do I get in God's presence? Number, number three, I worship. When I worship Jesus, I'm getting into His presence. All right? Number four, how do I get into His presence? The Bible says, do not neglect the gathering of the saints. In other words, go to church, mingle with people who are Christians, because when I do that, I'm getting into God's presence. Now, if I, if I had a scale, if you're watching me now, if I had a scale, and this was your life, on this side, you had movies, you had TV, you had worldly music and parties and dancing and, you know, uh, going out and enjoying life. And on this side, you had church. On this side, you had reading the Bible. You had prayer. You had worship. Which way does your scale tip? Would your scale tip more to the worldly side or would it scale more to the church side? And if you find that in your life, your scale is tipping, I'm spending more time in the world and I'm spending more time with God, you have backslidden, friend. You know, our time is running out so quickly and I haven't even begun to teach you on how to have a personal revival. But I sense that God wants you to come back to Jesus. He has laid this on my heart. That is why he's saying personal revival. And if you find yourself listening to me today and you say, Wow, Dion, you're speaking to me. I have backslidden. I've lost my first love. I've grown cold in the Lord. I want you to pray this with me. It's simple. Give your heart to Jesus again. Would you say this? Heavenly Father, please forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. I repent of all the things I've done wrong. And Jesus, I confess you as the Son of God. And I believe that God raised you from the dead. Jesus, come in my heart. Amen. God bless you. We'll catch you next week. You can make a difference by partnering with us, a ministry with a heart for the lost, by visiting our website, www.dionhockey.org. You will also receive exclusive content from the ministry as a thank you from Pastor Dion Hockey. Remember to subscribe and follow our social media pages for updates, sermons, and more information on the ministry. Thank you for listening and see you next time.